Amen. Woo, it's a little windy out here, and that's good. I, I can take the wind over the hard heat. I don't know about you guys. I want the wind of the Spirit also to blow in my life, so let the physical just, just, just be a reflection of what God wants to do in the spiritual today. There's a, the Bible says that, you can, that, that the things of the natural reveal the things of the spiritual. So sometimes you all you have to do is look around you and see what's taking place in your world and in the society and even in nature to understand what God is up to. And I believe that there is a fresh wind and a fresh fire that is blowing through the hearts of his people. There's a hunger. There's a, there's a desire. There's a passion. To, to you know, that's one thing that all this COVID business has done, and us having to quarantine from church and and quarantine from life, and uh, you know, we, we've we, we've I think there's been a desire and a passion for folks to get back, not only to connect to each other, to connect to the body of Christ, but to connect with Him, and they're not worried about the more people I talk to, they're not worried about status quo church. They just are wanting an experience and an encounter with God. And I want that more than anything else for gathering church. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're already having some preliminary talks to see what we need to do about shifting to, to get back indoors here. Uh, you know, we've only got really a few more weeks and then we're going to start having some chilly mornings and uh, that, that may become a little, uh, a little more uh, difficult but, but more than anything, whether we're meeting in the park, whether we're back in the LECC or whether there's another location, I don't want us just to be consumed with having status quo church and, and going through the flow and, and, and all that. I want us to come together with an expectation to have an encounter with God because that's the only thing that's going to change us is if we can not just read the word but encounter the word, not just be aware of the Holy Spirit but to encounter the Holy Spirit, the way they did in the second chapter of Acts. It's a life-changing encounter. It will turn you upside down, turn your world inside out, but it will empower you to be everything you need to be and to do everything you need to do for the kingdom of God. Uh, we're going to pray before we get into the word today, and I've got part two of the word that we started last week about uh, uh, that, that the prophetic word, the, the, the word of faith in your life will accelerate some things for you and bring favor into your life. Uh, God wants, to wants me to finish the word out today. And, and I, don't know, I don't know who that word, maybe the word was just for me, but I've been seeing some things accelerate in my, in my life. But before we get into that, I do want to address some things that, that as a church that we can pray uh, for a family and also for this whole community. Uh, not just Viridian, but the greater community in North Texas. Uh, the enemy does not play fair. Y'all understand that? He does not play fair. There, we have a real enemy, a real adversary. Jesus talked about him. Jesus didn't have a problem talking about the devil. He didn't have a problem rebuking Satan. We don't even have to fight Satan. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. Yet at the same time, he doesn't fight fair. Uh, many of you are aware, many of you even know uh, Anna Bowler, Anna McPherson Bowler. And uh, uh, many of you who have children, we, you, you knew um, Pablo, uh, Anna's son, youngest son, Pablo, 12 years old, uh, took his own life this last Tuesday. And uh, uh, this, this Wednesday, I'll be preaching the funeral. It'll be one of the hardest funerals I've ever preached. Uh, this is a young man. Him and his sister, Louisa, have sat at my table. They've They've watched movies on my floor. They've eaten my food. Luis has spent the night with my daughter, Sophia. They, we've, you know, when we first moved in the neighborhood, they were, they were some of the first kids that my kids met. Lots of time up at the pool. 
interaction. There was no previous sign of anything, uh, anything this dire. And yet the enemy doesn't play fair. And there's a grieving family with lots of questions and a grieving community with lots of questions. But he's not the only one. There's a stat I just read this week. Cook Children's Medical Center of Fort Worth in the month of August treated 29 children who, from around the area, from around North Texas, who had attempted to commit suicide. 29. Many of you have been impacted within your own families, or many of you have dealt, some of your children have dealt with mental health issues and anxiety and thoughts of this nature. Some of you yourself may have done that, because look, the enemy, I don't care what your age is, the enemy doesn't fight fair. And I know that there is a physical explanation for things. But the physical, like we said, is a manifestation of what takes place in the spirit. Mental health, mental health issues are real. Just because someone's going through mental health doesn't mean they're crazy. Just like your body can get unhealthy, your mind can get unhealthy. And the mind is powerful. Because whatever, wherever your intention goes, that's, that's where your life goes. And so, so today, as a family... This is, this is what the Lord spoke to me yesterday. I just needed to kind of detach a little bit. I started washing my car. Everyone say, praise God. Dave's car has been horribly dirty for eight months now. I washed my car and detailed it so that God could talk to me. And this is what he said. He said, the enemy, you remember the covenant that we talked about, this faith covenant that we, he told Abraham, he said, there are nations in you. You're having to leave your nation, but I'm going to make you a nation. Do you realize there is nations in you because you were part of the covenant by faith? Our children have nations in them. In other words, there is greatness in our children. There are, there's knowledge in our children that will be unleashed. There's life-changing potential, world-changing dreams in our children. If you notice the rash, the, the enemy's not going after the old folk. He's going after our children. Why? Because if he can kill our seed, he can, he can stop and thwart the future. And so he's messing with their minds. Yet the word of God said, God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but the power of love and a sound mind. We're going to speak that and claim that. He said in Psalm 23, he restoreth my soul. The word for soul in Latin is suke. It means psyche that which pertains to the mind. He restores my mind. Sometimes you go through some things in life and it can mess with your mind, but God is going to restore it. Let's all stand together as a family. We're going to rebuke the spirit of death, the spirit of suicide that is trying to wreak havoc. And it stops here in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you because you are a sovereign God. All authority belongs to you, Jesus. You claim that after your resurrection, that all, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to you. And because we are alive in you, we can speak in that authority. And so in the name of Jesus, we command you, enemy, we command you, Satan, to get your hands off of our children. You have no right to them. God has given them to us to raise. God has given them to us as a birthright to replicate our faith to expand the kingdom of God. And I bind you in the name of Jesus, release our children. I speak against the spirit of suicide, this mindset of death. I refuse, I refuse your right to allow copycat, repetitive, 
harmful acts amongst any more children in our area. Father, I speak a protective hedge over all of our community, over the children of Viridian and the greater North Texas area in the name of Jesus. Lord, if they, if they need love, let them know that they can come straight to us and then allow us in a non-judging way to pour out your love, your grace, your mercy on them that they can understand that they are surrounded by people that have such a heart for them, that their life is so sacred, so important, so valuable that you would give your life just for theirs. And in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your protection. You said that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall rest, shall abide, shall find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. We rested in the shadow of cross in song today, Lord. And we're going to declare that you are our fortress. You are our rock. You are our God. And in you, we will trust. And we praise you for it in the name of Jesus. Can we just give him praise out here in the middle of the field? Clap your hands to him. Someone tell them hallelujah. Let them know how much you love them. Hallelujah. If we can't praise them in the midst of each other, how are we going to praise them out in the middle of the world? Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Whew. Sorry, I just, I have to get that out. I have to get that out. Uh, Wednesday is the funeral. Obviously with COVID, uh, there's only 35 family members that are going to be able to attend uh, the funeral itself. Uh, however, that evening, Wednesday evening, if you've not seen... Uh, if you've not seen the uh, uh, digital flyer that's kind of been circulating on social media, uh, here at 7.30, there will be a candlelight vigil right here in Overlook Park, 7.30 Wednesday night. Uh, we've, we've gone through the mayor's office to, to make sure uh, we, we've got permits and permission because you know, we, we're just not sure you know, there could be upwards of 200 people out here. So obviously, uh, social distancing, wearing of masks, all that stuff, whatever you need to do to stay safe but if you want to come out and show support to the family uh i want to also thank you we've uh we've we've filled up almost two and a half weeks worth of uh meals uh, on the meal train link uh, i think we got about three or four meals left if, if the lord moves on you or if the lord moves on you we've we, we put three thousand dollars uh for cash donations and i think last as of this morning we're praise god we're up to about twenty six hundred dollars uh that's been donated so uh, many of you have been participants in that. So thank you so much. Amen. Amen. All right, let's shift gears. Let's get back into the word. Uh, if you, uh, as Kate said, if you've not gone to the website and clicked on, uh, there's a link on there to, to, to uh, become a subscriber to our newsletter, our email newsletter. Uh, the Lord, I, I, I just feel very impressed. I don't know how long we'll do this for, but uh, uh, probably every week now. Uh, I'll, I'll leave a short video this week. I just kind of left an announcement video that part of that email. So if you've got the email, you can click on, see some announcements coming up. Uh, but uh, I, I just, I want to speak the word of life into us on a weekly basis. And so, you know, maybe a minute and a half, two minute video, whatever the Lord lays on my heart, I just want to be able to speak into, speak life into you. He came to give us life and that much more abundant. The enemy can't, comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but he, gained, he came to give us a lot of life, and we get that life through the Word of God. And I just want to make sure, make sure we can speak the Word of God. I don't want, it's not, 
I'm not worried about y'all seeing my face, uh, seeing my radio face on the internet, uh, but it's the word that I want you to get. And so if I can speak the word into you anyway, so, so make sure you click on that. You'll, you'll stay, uh, uh, the, the, the emails will keep you up to date with, with everything that's going on. We're getting pretty busy coming into this fall season and uh, it's going to be some good stuff. I'm going to be reading today from 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. If you've brought your Bibles, you can turn there. If you have the Bible app or if you want, you can go to the website, click on Outdoor Service, go to gatheringviridian.com, click on Outdoor Service, and all my scriptures uh, should be up there online. Uh, let me just say this. Uh, last week, God began to speak a word. I think it's a right now word, a prophetic word for what he's doing with us. He's trying to bring us into an alignment with him to be everything that he has called you to be, to walk in the power and the authority that he is, that he is allowing and permitting you to walk via the Holy Spirit. That's why he fills you with the Holy Spirit is to empower you to do his work, to empower you to be victorious on a personal level, but also to be victorious when you're out and about in the marketplace or in your homes or just in the neighborhood, whatever, whatever you need to do to spread the kingdom of God, he empowers you to do that. And sometimes we got to grow and get, get past some of our own stuff to be able to grow to, to a point that we can hear him. Last week we talked about in first Kings chapter 18, the word that God gave us, he, God spoke a specific word. They'd been having a three year drought God told Elijah, his prophet, he said, I want you to go to King Ahab and tell him that this drought's about to end. I'm about to send rain. Ahab's wife, Jezebel, had, had tried to kill Elijah. So he's sending him in front of an intimidating authority figure. And he said, no, I want you to go and I want you to speak this word. So he did so. He did so. And in doing that, in doing that, uh, uh, he, 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 per God's uh, order, he tells King Ahab, he goes, I want, you to, I want you to gather all the prophets of Baal that your wife Jezebel follows. All the false prophets of Baal, I want you, I want you to gather them together and I want you to gather all of Israel, bring them to Mount Carmel. And that's what God wants you to do. God wants us to gather all the false prophets in our life, everything in our life that is speaking against the word of God, that is contrary to his promises, contrary to his words, whatever it is, whether you're getting all this mess via social media, whether you're getting it via the news, whether it's friends that just speak negativity and doubt and despair and doom, he's saying, hey, I want you to gather all those around. He, he had them build an altar and sacrifice an, uh, uh, an ox. He said, hey, I want you, to, I want you to, to slay this ox and then ask your God to call down fire. Of course, we know the story. They couldn't get it done. He actually built, he built an altar, had God call down fire. God, God wound up burning up the sacrifice when all this was done. And, and he proved that God was the God of Israel. When all this was done, all of a sudden, he took all those false prophets and he killed them. And that's what the Lord is saying. I want to send some rain into your life. I want, to, I want to end a drought in your life. But the first thing I want you to do is eliminate the false prophets. Anything that is speaking things contrary to the word of God, because in order to get the rain, you're going to have to do it by faith. And in order to have faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, the Bible says. So in order to do this, he says, he says I want you to slay these false prophets. So he did that. He slayed the false prophets. And then he began to pray again. He began to pray for rain again. In 
until his servant finally said, hey, I see the, uh, the size, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And it's up, it's, it's, it's coming up from the ocean. And that's, that's what the Lord wants. He says, he says I, want you to, I want you to believe in the smallest amount. I don't care how small the clue is. I don't care how small of amount of hope you have. Bible says all you need is faith of a mustard seed and it'll grow into a huge huge bush that the that the birds can actually come and nest in so he says he says look he says uh he says I want you to go tell King Ahab even though it's just one small cloud you tell King Ahab that he better get home because the rain's about to overtake him and the word last week if you remember was this Ahab's on his chariot pulled by probably 20 horses doing probably about 65 miles an hour. And the Lord strengthened Elijah. And he outran the chariot to Jezreel, the fortress of Jezreel, to meet the king there. And the word was this, that when you walk in faith and you allow the prophetic anointing of God to lead your life, the prophetic will accelerate some things in your life. There are going to be some things, some droughts that end that you have been believing for years that you thought would take months to settle, that you thought would, would you, you, you've been believing even for decades that certain situations in your life would shift. And God's saying, I am accelerating it. If you'll walk in faith, I've brought you into a season that I will accelerate my word in your life. And not only that, Jezreel was a fortress. The word Jezreel in Hebrew means, may God give us seed. It was a fortress that actually held seed for in times of harvest, that when the, when the rains would finally come, they would have enough seed to plant all throughout Israel. So God was sending a rainstorm straight to a fortress full of seed, full of potential. God speaking to the potential in your life that you've stored up. Some of the dreams that you've set aside, some of the visions and hopes that you put on the shelf because you've been going through a personal drought, and yet God is saying, I'm sending rain, I'm sending water. That's, that's indicative of his spirit, that my, the anointing, anointing of my Holy Spirit is accelerating some things, and I'm sending it right to you so that you can have a harvest. That was the word from last week. Let's get into this week. Everyone say, what time is it? I promise I won't take long. First Kings chapter 19. This is the very next chapter. Now, after all that took place, Ahab goes home and he tells Jezebel all about it. He's like, man, you ain't going to believe this. Man, Elijah just went out there and we had church. So when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. Now get this, Elijah just had an incredible revival in his life. Elijah just got used of God. Elijah stepped out on faith and God showed up. Man, he ought to be able, he, man, those are the times that you get all pumped and you get so excited and you're, you're able to, you feel like you want to walk into hell with a water pistol, right? I mean, you're just like that pumped up, right? But inevitably, this is what happens. Be ready for it. And maybe some of you may have even experienced it this week. If you begin to walk in the word from last week, you may have already begun to experience this. Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you have killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left a servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. Man, now that's, that's some extremes there, right? That's a little bipolar 
prophet running around. He went from seeing the glory of God. God send down fire and consume, consume the altar that he poured water out on. He slayed all the false prophets, 450 voices that spoke against God's word in the land of Israel. He knocked them all out, took care of it outran a chariot man felt the power of god on his body so much that he outran a chariot straight to a place that god had provision and he sent a rainstorm and he saw a drought and whoo man you ought to just be pumped up but all of a sudden there was one negative jezebel spirit that mouthed off against the authority of god and threatened him and the first thing he does is he runs out into the desert and he finds a tree to lay down and he tells god just take me now i'm done I'm out. That's what he says. Take my life. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. I would laugh at him, but I've done the same thing in my life. Experience incredible revival and experience incredible breakthrough. And then one voice of opposition rises up. And I'm, I'm willing to throw in the towel. And y'all would laugh too, but y'all been right there with me. We've all gone through that, haven't we? Despair, discouragement. If, if, if you've begun to move in the prophetic and move in faith and done your best to, to walk in faith and silence the false prophets from last week, and yet you've experienced opposition, hold your head up because this is about to what, what's going to happen. The Bible says he fell asleep and an angel came and woke him up. He said, Elijah, wake up, eat, drink. He said that there was bread cooking on, the, on a stone right next to his head, and water, bread and water. Bread is symbolic and indicative of the word of God, the word of life, the bread of life. Jesus himself, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the manna which fell from heaven. When you read the Bible, when you believe the word of God, you're believing Christ. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh, the Bible says. It was right by his head, the Bible said. The word of God, water. There was bread and water. Water is indicative of the spirit. I'm telling you, if you will get into the word of God and begin to sit and experience the presence and the spirit of God, it's incredible sustenance. It's incredible provision. He went back to sleep. The, the, the Bible says the angel woke him up the second time. He woke back up the second time bread and water waiting on them. Once again, word and spirit. Everything you need is right there beside you. If you'll turn, what is it? It's the word of God and the spirit of God. I'm telling you, if you will get into the word of God, 7,000, over 7,000 promises in the word of God, but you can't know what they are unless you get into it. And, and not just read it, but believe it. And not just believe it, but do it, practice it. And then take time to get to know the spirit that possesses you, this Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, there is power. It will empower you to do things that you never thought you can do. It empowers ordinary people to do extraordinary things. The Holy Spirit is what takes your natural, and it's God's super that he combines with you. We talked about that in the covenant, that he combines himself with you and expands you. It allows you to be supernatural. 
In other words, to do some things that are beyond your natural ability and your natural capacity to do. How life-sustaining was it for Elijah? Those two meals of bread and water empowered him. The Bible says he got up and he marched 40 days and nights. Those two meals, the word and the spirit, will empower you to make whatever journey you've got to make. Praise God. Marched 40 days and nights to Mount Sinai. Y'all remember Mount Sinai? It's where God gave Moses the law many, many, many years prior. Sometimes God will take you on a long journey to bring you back to your, to your foundations. You ever feel like that in life? Mama and daddy brought you up in church. You used to go to Sunday school. By the time you went off to college, you decided to go your own way, made a big mess of things, and all of a sudden you have found yourself in a place where God has now brought you back to your foundations right back to him, right back to his truth, right back to his word. So now all of a sudden you're not just living out mama and daddy or grandma and grandpa's faith, but you're discovering your own faith and your own purpose. So the word and the spirit, the bread and water gave him all the sustenance he needed to go 40 days, 40 nights. Man, that's, that's some potent bread and water. Everything you need, God has provided for you. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Don't worry about that Jezebel spirit that's speaking against you. He's already slayed the false prophets in your life. He's bringing rain into your storehouse. He's, the spirit is beginning to accelerate some things in your life. And just know that his word and his spirit will give you the sustenance you need to make this journey that he has you on. Then the next thing he did, he went into a cave. And we'll pick up with, uh, let's go with verse 11. As he's in that cave, God says this, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. I said, okay, you brought me here 40 days and nights. I'm going to go stand out on this mountain. And it says, and Elijah stood there. The Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied again. He said, I, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I am, I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. I've done everything you asked me to God. And I feel like you're about to, they're about to win. This is what the Lord responded. We're going to break all this down in just a moment. And I'm going to tell you exactly what the prophetic word that God is speaking to someone. Maybe it's just me. I don't know, but maybe someone else needs to hear it today. And the Lord told him, go back the same way you came. Hmm. Go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. Huh, that's interesting. Israel already had a king, old King Ahab. He said, no, you anoint Jehu to be the king of Israel. And then anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Meholah, to replace you as my prophet. 
Anyone who escapes Hazael will be killed by Jehu. Anyone who escapes Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or, to, or, or kissed him. Let me tell you something. This is what God's saying. He went that whole journey, 40 days and nights, to hang out in a cave at the place that it all started. The law of God was given. God moved past the mountain, and there was a great windstorm to the point that the rocks were shaken. God moved past the mountain, but he didn't, hear the, he didn't hear the word of God. He didn't hear God's voice in it. He moved past the mountain. There was a great firestorm, fire spitting everywhere. He didn't hear the word of God. Do you understand that God's moving in your life constantly? There's a lot of action, but sometimes he's not speaking to you in his action. He's getting some things done, but he's not speaking to you. When Elijah, when Elijah finally heard him, the Bible said it came in a still, small voice. He had to quiet himself. He had to get past all the noise, all the distractions. Boy, life was full of some noise and distractions. I had to take some time this week. I was, I was consumed making funeral plans, up late with a family, praying with a mother. It was weighing heavy on me, trying to also take care of my full-time job, trying to also take care of my two daughters. I finally had to shut my phone off, turn the TV off, turn everything off, shut off the computer, and just sit. I set my timer. I set it for 20 minutes. I just sat in the presence of God. Why? Because I needed to hear his voice. I couldn't hear his voice in any of the mess. And we stay so busy in life. But God's saying, no, 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 no. If you'll just take the time and hear me, I will speak. And then when God spoke to him, this is what it was. He said, Lord, he said, I've done everything you've asked me to do. And I'm still about to lose my life over it. I love what God said. And this is a word for someone. He said, you're not going to quit. Go back the way you came. Get back into the fight. Get up. Go back into the mess. Go back into the mire. Except this time, and this, I believe with all my might that this is the word that God is speaking, not just to me, but to this fellowship. I chatted with a, a pastor friend of mine from Alabama yesterday, spoke this word over him. He said, that's exactly what God's been telling us. I believe he's moving his people, his church into the time of this. He said, I want you to, I'm going to take you to the wilderness of Damascus. Whoo, a wilderness is a lonely place at times. That's why you can be right in the middle of the crowd, but you still feel alone. In other words, there's some things that you're going to have to experience on your own that I can't help you with. Your, your wife or your husband can't help you with. Your kids, your friends can't help you with. You're going to have to just walk some things alone. Wildernesses can be lonely. They're places of great extreme. They get really, really hot during the day, really, really cold at night. You may feel like you're torn everywhere, but the wonderful thing about wilderness is that's where God tabernacles. God tabernacled with his people when they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. The word tabernacle doesn't mean just to visit. The word tabernacle actually means to set up camp. God wants to come set up camp in such a way that you can't get away from them. You can't get them out of your thoughts. Everything in all your ways, you're going to start acknowledging him. He wants, to, he wants to eat your food, drink your Cokes. He wants your Wi-Fi password. He is moving in. He's going to be that present, that faithful in your life. 
the, the wilderness of Damascus. Damascus was the far east uh, city that they could have gotten for, at the time in Israel. Matter of fact, the current name for the current Arabic name for Damascus actually means east. It's still around. It's still it's still a city around. You can go visit it. Why was he sending them in a wilderness in the east? Because he wanted them to be there when the sun came up. The sun's about to come up on your situation. I don't know what you're going through today. You may feel like you've been in a wilderness, but God's placed you at a place that he's going to tabernacle with you, and he's going to allow the sun to come up. And then he told him to anoint two kings, not just one, but two. One of them, he anointed the replacement for King Ahab. He had him call the things that aren't as though they were. That's moving in faith. That's the way that God spoke over Abraham. That's part of the covenant. So, so he said, I want you to anoint two kings. You're going to anoint or walking in an anointing of two places of authority. God, is, I believe, is moving us into a season to where we get to operate in double authority. I say, what are you talking about? Matthew 18, 18 says this, Assuredly, I say to you, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. God's just bringing you into alignment with his word so that when you speak, you've got all of heaven backing you up. Job chapter 22, verse 28 and 29 says, You shall decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. You get to decide and decree it in the name of Jesus. And it says, and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. When they make you low, when you start getting pushed down, when you start getting decimated, when you're brought low, it says, you will say there is a lifting up. And the humble person, he lifts up and saved. He's given you the authority to get back up off the mat. Some of you have been beaten down so much by the problems in life, by discouragement, by issues in your family, by sickness and health. And God is saying, I'm giving you a double anointing of authority. You can decree that you get up off the mat. That's one of the things he's saying is get up, get up. It's time to walk. It's time to stand. It's time to do everything I have called you to do. And then he said, I want you to anoint Elisha as the prophet that will take your place. So the remaining, the remaining days of Elijah's life, he would have an extra anointing, an extra prophet walking with him. Not only that, he would be able to impart his anointing. And Elisha, that was his prayer, was that he would have a double anointing of Elijah's before Elisha was taken away by God, he said, I want a double a portion of whatever it is you have. Whew. He has moved us into a time that we walk into an anointing of, of double authority and double prophetic power. And he said, whoever runs from, whoever escapes from one king, the next king is going to get him. If they escape from that king, then the prophet's going to get him. So in other words, whatever you decree, according to the book of Job, it will be done for you. And anything that doesn't want to bow its knee, any circumstance in your life, any mountain that doesn't want to move per your authority that Christ has given you, the, 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 the prophetic word of God will come and back it up because you can trust his word and he's not going to lie to you. Let's all stand. Lord, let he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. Father, I know I'm not the most eloquent of orators. I know I stumble and bumble. But Lord, I just, I, I speak whatever I've heard the Spirit say to me this recent season. Lord, let it be, let it come to pass just as you have spoken it.
let everyone hear what the Spirit is saying today, not, not what Dave's trying to articulate. But whatever your Spirit is trying to say, you have moved us into a place that you're accelerating some things. Hallelujah. I speak over this congregation that there's some healing that is going to accelerate in the name of Jesus. Things that the doctor said would take years is going to take days and weeks in Jesus' name. There's some marriages that are being patched up right now in the name of Jesus. Damage that may have been done over a decade's time can be healed in a moment through your power and through your spirit. Acceleration, Lord. Acceleration in favor. And Lord, bring us into a place that we can hear your voice and hear your direction and let us walk with double authority, double anointing in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Before we're dismissed, is there anyone, anyone that needs prayer for anything today? I want to agree with you. I don't have any special power, nothing powerful about me. But there is something incredibly powerful about the Lord and, and the promise of his word. If there's anything you need prayer for, you're more than welcome to come down here for a moment. We'll pray together as a family. Or before you leave the premises, come grab me and give me the honor to agree with you and to pray the word of God over you. Amen.